Hi everyone, this is Nellie. Thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is March 25th, 2022. Today's song is Battle Belongs by Phil Wickham. I've titled today's message, Be Careful Who You Listen To. I'll be reading scripture from Psalm 1 and also Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 8. Today I just want to talk about, in part, a conversation that I had with somebody recently that I found to be very disturbing because I believe that a lot of people must be listening to the wrong spirit. And I also want to touch a little bit on the last message and talk to you a little bit about the Nephilim. I brought that up in the last message because I'm reading Numbers and that that came up again. The Nephilim came up in the book of Numbers. We first read about the Nephilim in Genesis chapter 6 before God floods the earth that the fallen angels of God are having sex with the beautiful women of the earth and this species is called Nephilim half angel half evil angel and half human and then when God floods the earth he says the only humans he saves are Noah and his wife and his sons and their daughters and of the animals, he pairs up each animal and creature and living thing, uh, living creature by male and female and then takes them all into the ark. Everything else dies. But then in Numbers, when the 12 spies are sent out to spy on the land of Canaan to see who lives there and, you know, if they're strong or if their cities are fortified, and the 12 spies are one from each tribe of Israel. And they go out and spy, and two of the spies decide that even though they are giant people there, strong people, they've discovered the descendants of Anak who are of the Nephilim. So <laughs> they have, in the land flowing with milk and honey, where God wants to, where, where God promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that their descendants will come into a land that God has chosen for them, filled with milk and honey. So God already knows where the Israelites will be at, where, where, he has, where he's putting them. He already knows that there are Nephilim there, and he already knows that you know, he is God. He'll conquer them again. So Caleb and, and Joshua say, we can surely beat those giants and take over their land because God is with us. But the other 10 spies from the other 10 tribes say there is no way we can beat them. They're too big for us. So only two out of the 12 tribes of, of the people they send 
have, have a good report because they trust in God. The other ten did not. And I mentioned in the last podcast that God gets rid of the Israelites, anybody 20 years old and older because of their unbelief and their, their grumbling and they, they just don't want to follow God. They want to follow, they're following anybody but God. They want to go back to Egypt where there was a life of sin, where there's no moral compass. Because in, essentially that's what they're doing. They're going back to their, where there are no rules, even though they're beaten down as slaves and doing all the work for the Egyptians. Because they keep saying, but all the foods and all, all the foods are so good. So God gets rid of anybody 20 and older, keeps Joshua and Caleb who are, who are 20 and older. So those are the only two that survive that generation. And so God then waits for anybody else to get come of, you know, that, that is able to fight. He, he does a numbering again of the next generation that were 20 and younger plus Caleb and Joshua. And I find it, found it just very interesting that here we are, we've got these, these Nephilim again in numbers. Obviously, these fallen angels keep, keep coming back to mate with the women. So we, you know, are they, obviously, if they've done it twice, history probably is repeating itself. Uh, and we know in the, in when we read about David and Goliath, he strikes down a giant with a slingshot and a rock. Now, although in that story, it doesn't say that Goliath is a Nephilim, we are told that the Nephilim are giants from the book of Numbers and in Genesis chapter 6 the, the wording in there leads us to believe that they are still around let me turn over there to where it says um The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and this is uh, verse 4 in chapter 6 in Genesis. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughter's of men and they bore children to them so it says here in chapter in verse 4 of 6 and also afterward so afterward comes into the book of numbers right and I'm getting into all of that because the fallen angels are bad spirits they're demons and they're mating with people God says of Caleb that Caleb is going to go into the land flowing with milk and honey because he has the right spirit. And then later on he says of Joshua, and Joshua's getting into the land of milk and honey because he has the Holy Spirit. 
Now, the believers have the Holy Spirit at this day and age, but also gives God gives us a spirit, our human spirit. But then there are also spirits that can hang out with you, that are the evil spirits. Or now, it, you can... God, in the Holy Bible, sometimes we can run into an angel and not even know it's an angel. Or an angel, an angel could knock on the door and we won't know it's an angel. But God is referring to those angels as good angels. An angel that's set out to do good. But obviously there's these fallen angels that can be walking around like humans because they're having sex with women. So just be careful who you're talking to out there, especially in this day and age where we've got more and more evil spirits. God talks in the Old Testament about he gets rid of a couple of sons of Aaron because in their sacrificial fire, because God, God, God is very descriptive on how to sacrifice to him in the Old Testament. And the two sons of Aaron brought funny fire it was it wasn't it was a funny fire in other words they were they were practicing a different they had different spirits practicing and trying to put in front of god and god recognized that that's not the that's not fire sacri- that's not my fire that you you brought funny fire in here and he they they both died instantly and they were sons the two the two oldest i believe of Aaron, who's Moses's brother, and bef- so I just wanted to just t- start there. Where be careful who you listen to. And as I was reading the book of Numbers, the the Israelites. This is a different topic, sort of. They they got very thirsty, and. And Moses is just upset with God. You know, how am I going to, you know, here they are. They want water. What do we do now? There's no water out here. We're in the wilderness. And God says, well, I can give water. I'm God, right? I'm just, I'm paraphrasing. And God gets mad because I'm going to, I'm going to incorporate I'm going to incorporate uh, numbers. Sorry, just one more scripture. Because this story won't make sense unless I talk about it. It's found in chapter 20, verses 8 through 13. It's called the water at Mirabah. Because this is going to describe why Moses also does... Moses and Aaron, they don't... They're not... Moses is 120 at this point. He does not make it into the land flowing with milk and honey. And neither does Aaron because of this moment in time at the water of Mirabah. Because God asked him to speak to a rock so water could come forth. And Moses had other ideas and he decided he was going to raise his hand up and take his staff and tap the rock a couple of times. So he added his own 
theatrics to it as though he was the one bringing water from the rock and God got mad because he, he did he just said speak to the rock and then at that time he did not give God any of the glory and because of that God tells both of them you guys just messed up I can't have a leader like that taking the reins and having that having it go to their heads going into the land flowing with milk and honey because he wants people that are going to be following him and his command so here I'll be reading Moses and Aaron especially Moses does not he's not following the God's command now the water of Meribah take the rod oh I've already mentioned the people are complaining they, they want some water oh, I wanted to say just they're they're again saying why have you made us come up from Egypt to bring us in this wretched place it is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there water to drink. So in verse, verses 8 through 13, it says, God says, Take the rod and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock and let the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. And he said to them, Listen now, you rebels. Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came forth abundantly. And the congregation and their beasts drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you have not believed me, to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Those were the waters of Meribah, because the sons of Israel contended with the Lord, and he proved himself holy among them. Pause. So God does not say, take your staff with you. He says, assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. So Moses starts out that that uh, God has instructed him to take the rod. He said, so Moses took the rod bef from before the Lord, just as he had commanded him. But God didn't command him to take the rod or lift his hand up or hit the rock a couple of times. So sometimes we can... This is what I'm saying from, from the last message that I gave. Sometimes we just go ahead of God and do 
do something different than he has wanted us to do. And on our own initiative, we think we're doing something in our own power. So the, this, the, this uh, raising his hand up, you know, and hit, hitting that, I can just see Moses hitting that rock twice and out the water came. So according to the people, they saw Moses lifting his hand up and hitting the rock twice. God just said, speak to the rock. So Aaron ends up dying soon after, and he gets buried uh, on Mount Hor, H-O-R. And then later on, Moses, God buries Moses in... uh, or does he bury him? In the valley of the land of Moab. And to this day, it says nobody knows where Moses is buried. Now, I have also mentioned that God doesn't get mad. Stay angry with people. Um, like I had said, he still uses Aaron. He used Aaron and Aaron's sons to do the most holiest of work in the tabernacle. Where nobody else could enter. So just because people mess up doesn't mean that God still doesn't use them. The other scripture I wanted to incorporate is Mark chapter 9. Because I want to show you where Moses shows back up. Now he's buried somewhere where God does not know where. Uh, God didn't reveal to anybody where Moses was buried. But did God stop using him? Absolutely not. God gives him, gave Moses honor again in heaven. Because in chapter 9, this, this is titled the Transfiguration. And it says, And Jesus was saying to them, Truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. This is Jesus. Pause. This is Jesus who was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. Because remember, Jesus is God, the Son. Verse 3, And his garments became radiant and exceedingly white, as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to answer, for they became terrified. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. All at once they looked around, and they saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone. Pause. You see how when we, when we read numbers, and we talk about the cloud, the cloud that hovered over the tabernacle, which was God. 
and he he would sit in a pillar of cloud and here we read that God the Father says in verse 7 then a cloud formed overshadowing them so he's still talking from a cloud and a voice came out of the cloud this is my beloved son listen to him so a lot of the Israelites were still holding Moses some of them equal to God and a lot of the Israelites, specifically the Jewish religion, they don't, they don't even believe Jesus was the son of, of, of God. And they were constantly quoting what Moses had said and what Moses had done. And, and so here Jesus is showing Peter, James, and John. And oddly enough, they recognize who, who Moses is and who Elisha is. They don't have to say who, they don't say, it's not on record. Lord, who who are these two other men? Or who were those two other men that you were speaking to? No, they knew. They knew one was Elijah and one was Moses. So I believe that we will know people when we're in heaven. They, they, they don't look any different. They, it's just incredible how some people don't think that people go into heaven immediately. I, we do. Because this is one, one account where, yes, they do. Uh, for Elijah, God took Elijah up in a whirlwind. And Elijah didn't even die here on earth. God just took him up alive. So here's a, here's a story. He takes one alive and one that God buried. And they're both alive and well <laughs> speaking to Jesus on that mountain. So God still... He wasn't mad at Moses forever. He didn't put him in, let him into the the land flowing with milk and honey, but he took him up to heaven. And so I just wanted to incorporate that because I don't want people to think, oh, you mess up, God d- does away with you forever. No. If you believe in God and keep repenting, because even when God told Moses, you're not going to... Uh, sorry about that but you he didn't tell me he was sorry but you messed up you didn't let the people know that it was that it was his power that brought water out of that rock just by speaking to it because God's voice commands even after he told him he wasn't going to go into the land flowing with milk and honey Moses didn't there's nothing in after that in scripture that indicates that Moses is upset with God. He just says, well, can we appoint someone else? And he's very good sport about it. And they appoint Joshua. So I wanted to say that, but God, God wants us to listen to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. So we have to listen to Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this conversation that I had with this lady, she knows Jesus, but she was a little bit dabbling in other things. Strange fires, I'm going to call it. So, Psalm 1 says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, 
nor sit in the seat of scoffers. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. And that's as far as I'll read in that psalm. So I'll get into my thoughts. This this person, she was talking about how she had a she had had a conversation with a philosopher. And this, and they, they were talking about where people go when they die. And she, this gal was asking this philosopher, what do you think? And this, this philosopher says, I believe that humankind live, live the way they live. And then when they die, they go to a place where they can get scrubbed from their sin. And then from there, God takes them into heaven. And that this is how, how God's working things. Live, live however you want to live. And then go to this second place to be scrubbed. And then go into heaven. And this has kind of been sort of be taken from... The Catholics believe that there's a purgatory... But the people that make it into purgatory are the ones that didn't repent or something. I, I don't know what their purgatory means, but in, in a sense, they get scrubbed clean in purgatory. And they have to stay in purgatory until they're absolutely clean before God takes them into heaven. Which Both of these are wrong, messing with wrong fires, funny fires. <laughs> Because we have to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have to profess it with our mouths and believe in our hearts that he was risen from the death, from the grave on the third day and that he lives and he sits at the right hand of the Father. If we believe that and truly repent, we become a new creation with Jesus' blood flowing through our veins. We're no longer citizens of the earth. We're citizens of heaven just living on the earth. And we are here to speak the truth through the power of the Holy Spirit to everybody. When we see somebody not anchored in their faith. Believing in this, that, and the other thing. Well, this gal looked at me and she says, well, what do you think about that? And I said, no, that's completely wrong. I said, why would, why would it make any sense to anybody? Why would that make sense to anybody? What would be God's purpose in that? What would be God's purpose in that? Do you think about that? If everybody could live the way they wanted to live because they could get scrubbed clean and then go to heaven. Nobody would be damned to hell. They've totally eliminated hell from this, from this uh, life. 
Why wouldn't God just say, ah, I'm just going to live with all the people up in heaven? Why even bother with watching people mess up on earth? This doesn't make any sense. And so just be careful who you talk to because they can put funny ideas in your mind. There are bad spirits where God says, Caleb has a good spirit. There are other bad spirits trying to tell people of other, other religions are, all religions are the same. And we are living in such a corrupt world, such a corrupt world where people are just, they just want to listen to something else other than that they have to live a righteous life. We have to submit to the Lord in everything we do. In all that we do, we have to follow the authority of the Word of God. That's how we live if we are truly living for God. And by doing this, we make Jesus Christ our Messiah, the Lord of our lives. Now, for the people that are living life however they want to live, thinking that we're one big hodgepodge of sinners and God has taken all of us up to heaven when we're all done, because nobody wants to believe that anybody ever went to hell. So they start believing all this other stuff. I've come on before about my grandson, who on his father's side, they're Hindus. And so now he wants to believe different things because he doesn't want to picture loved ones in hell. But we all have the choice here on earth to listen and obey the command of the Lord. And God will, he is fighting our every battle, Nephilim and all, (laughs) giants and all. We, but we have to obey him and trust him and follow his command, follow his voice, follow his instruction, and he will win our battles for us. Our spiritual battles, especially our spiritual battles, because there are, there's so much, oh, people are being led astray easier and easier and easier of believing in other other things, strange fires. We have to be, this is why God gives us trials and tribulations because we have to go through the refiner's fire so we can test that we are of the right spirit, listening to the right spirit, that our spirit is following God and in, in alignment with his spirit. And we have to anchor ourselves, especially now because There are more and more crazy ideas out there. Can you think, this this gal was starting to believe that a person could live any way they wanted because there was a place where we were gonna be scrubbed clean. Because she lives with somebody that she doesn't believe would, would enter heaven because he doesn't believe, he's an atheist. And I said, well, with prayer, we can pray, pray together for him that he is saved. But we have to be anchored in what we believe. We 
we can't start taking in strange ideas for the sake of somebody else that doesn't have, isn't saved. Because that is telling God that we, we want to serve multiple gods. This gal had also started listening to a, an Islam, Islam prayer because she had found out that she was a descendant of, of people that their God was Islam, Islam, but not the evil Islam because there's different sects of Islam, but they were following the good Islam faith. I finally said, you know, there is no such thing as a good Islam faith, faith because they don't believe in the Messiah. They do not believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah. And so I said, stop, stop, stop that. And even her significant other, her 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 friend that they lived together, even he, she said, would pop out and say, oh, where's my prayer rug? He recognized that was not a good religion, <laughs> even though he's an atheist. At least he knows that's wrong. So there are a lot of funny, funny ideas out there. Be sure to read the Holy Word of God so you can know and even just with the book of Numbers and into the New Testament, we see where God talks about a person having a good spirit. This is a spiritual battle. There's good and evil. There's good spirits and, and the bad spirits. The good and the bad. There always is. And if our spirit isn't lining up with the Holy Spirit and we're, we're deciding to have a few other spirits around us that are evil. Everything else is evil. Funnel each thought through Jesus Christ to see if it makes sense. Because again, what would be God's purpose? To put people on earth and leave them in their sin and then have another place to scrub them and then put them into heaven. What sense would that be? Can you imagine how this place would be if there were no, there were no commandments and on, on how to live a righteous life? There would be no no moral compass. People would be... It would be as a, the time before God flooded the earth. Where everybody was not a good person except Noah and his family. So why would God now let this corrupt generation, these people, the, uh, the people that we live with in on earth. Not in our homes, I'm not saying that, but on earth. Why would he not have already gotten rid of it? Why would he say to this people, I'm just going to scrub you clean up here. When he condemned the people of old into hell, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah went into hell because Jesus went down to visit them when he, during the three days that he, before he got re resurrected. I've mentioned before, be careful who you listen to because... Even in the churches, they're teaching you the wrong things. There, there's wrong messages being taught where, where you can live in sin and still go to heaven. Repent, repent, repent of that. Just be bold enough to say, I don't agree with you. You need to repent of that thought because no, God is clear on what sin is and what what is 
uh, right living and what is wrong living. I did a podcast, I, I think it was in December, about how God leaves the people in their rotten lifestyle because they're just never turning to Him. They're comfortable in their sin. And a lot of people are comfortable. So don't be listening to every little idea that's out there that doesn't line up with the Word of God. That's why I'm continually saying, be in the Word of God. Be in the Word of God so you can know what you're hearing, if it lines up with God or not. There's only one way to heaven, and that is believing in the Son of God. It's clear. Clear as day. That there, Jesus Christ is the only way. This is how God... This is how this is what he he sacrificed his own son so that the believers in him could be purified and sanctified, washed clean. This is where we get our washing, not in another place after we die. From the blood of Jesus Christ that atones us. This is our washing. And yes, we're going to still mess up, but our but we are those that decide not to live a crooked life. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, thinking, eh, it, once I'm, you know, they're so wishy-washy and the wind has tossed them all over the place. Those are believers in their head. People can believe in Jesus only in their mind. These are the ones that never take time to read the Word of God and get uh, into right relationship with Him. And love him only and and want an intimate relationship with the god of ages if you're not an intimate in an intimate relationship with the god of ages your belief hasn't reached your heart where you truly love the son of god and you want to know him better you want you want to know him because in the parable of the ten virgins they're living good lives they're virgins five of them make it five of them don't into heaven Jesus shuts the door on the five that don't make it because they don't have enough of the Holy Spirit in their lives they haven't committed their lives fully to the King of Kings if that's you today Ask Jesus to help your faith go from your mind where you profess in it with your mouth. Ask him to help you believe it in your heart so you can live for the Lord Jesus Christ. So you can be washed clean by the Holy Spirit. It's a transformation. It's a transformation that takes place. That's where I'll end. I hope everyone has a blessed day. All the glory to God. Be careful who you listen to. Be, discern the, the, the wrong spirits. Don't draw near to them and, and, what, and what they're 
telling you is what they, if, it, if it's not, you can tell. You can tell when it's a wrong spirit. And I ask you to be careful because you can welcome the bad spirits into your home if you're, if you're considering other ideas. You don't want other, you don't want bad spirits living with you, do you? Or in your ear? Get rid of them. Get rid of those ideas. Get rid of those bad spirits. Get rid of them. They are not of God. There is only one way. Only one way. Have the Holy Spirit of God encamp over you. Let God lead you. And He will help you fight this spiritual battle. The battle belongs to God. The battle belongs to God. And it is a real battle between good and evil. And if you stick with God, you're not going to go in the wrong direction. Stick with Him day by day, moment by moment. Funnel each thought through God. Stop listening to wrong philosophy. Stop listening to music that prays to another God. This gal said that the music was beautiful. I've yet to have another visit with her because I was really tired when I was with her. But I told her, stop searching out the Islam faith. It's not of God. It's a wrong religion. But I have yet to tell her to stop listening to that song. I've got to go over there. Because even though she felt it was a beautiful song, they're in the prayer, it's praying to the wrong God, to a wrong God. Oh, this world, people. We're living in such a corrupt world. So corrupt. So demonic. It's almost as though we really got to seek out who's true, who's not true. The Apostle Paul said these bad spirits are they're being let they're being welcomed into homes and in churches with their, their wrong ideas there's a lot going on i mentioned with the with russia and the ukraine there's a lot on the world stage right now I just believe when Jesus told us that we would be feeling birth pains when he returns, before he returns, I don't know about you, but my contractions are getting very hard to deal with. So he draws near So let's stay with our God. Let's camp with God and not let any other spirit in that is not of God. Much love to all. All the glory to God. Until next time. Bye. Humble, humble, humble. (laughs) 
that's me here I I, I I don't know how to run my podcast to be able to it used to be easy that I could cut my podcast at, a, at the end and have a different ending but they've changed the settings in podcasts and I don't know how to do that now so that's why in the last couple of messages I've come on afterwards after I've said my goodbye but I wanted to mention that when God had Moses speak to the rock so water could come forth he did tell Moses to take the rod but what he didn't tell Moses to do was to raise his hand up and strike the rock twice with the rod. He just instructed him to take the rod. So that, I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, I believe I had said earlier, I know I had said earlier that God had not instructed him to take the rod, but he did instruct Moses to take the rod. So that that will be everything. I hope this message helps somebody out there to help to to discern and how to not play with fire, <laughs> the wrong fire. Strange fires, strange religions, strange thoughts, strange philosophies. God teaches us to follow the command of the Lord. And that is why I did the last podcast. When he, and it's, he is disciplining us to listen to his voice on when to move, when to stop, and when to know that he, and to, to see that he alone is the one that we should listen to. Just the God of ages, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Much love to all. Until next time, all the glory to God. Bye.